Hello, the world. Hi. Welcome to another week, another Tuesday, and yet another episode of Best of Five. My name is Elon. You can see it above right there. And I am joined I'm Sharpie. by... I'm I'm the real host of this podcast. What's good, everybody? Uh, thank you so much for coming back to Best of Five, hosted by me with, you know, the uh, secondary co-host who managed to make it here today. No, I'll, I'll leave. It's okay. You go ahead. We have a great show planned to, for you today, and I'm going to let my co-host start by naming the topics of engagement. Nope. Okay. Well, the... <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to Best of Five, as always. I'm Sharpie, that was Elon, and we have a couple of topics to talk about today. We're going to start off some of the hottest news, obviously. Elon, do we want to talk about WePlay? Okay, fine. Um, first, actually, so Steve unfortunately can't be here, but we do have a patented recap to happen. So let me pull this up here. There we repat. Recap. Uh, patented recap. Yes. It, unfortunately, Steve couldn't be here to do the recap, but everybody send Steve some love. Let's, let's give Steve a round of applause and some hearts and whatever else it is that we can do to show love to Steve because I don't know how to show affection. Uh, we have a recap. Yeah, Steve says send love to all of Minneapolis for sure. Everybody go check in on Minneapolis friends and make sure – that you stay up to date on world current events so that you can be armed with the power of knowledge to fight injustice. Call your Congress people. All right. That was the politics version of the uh, politics segment of the podcast. Let us go into the fighting game version of the podcast with a recap from Steve, who could not be here. <clears throat> we only had one event today. Or for this past week, rather, and it was the finals of the We Play UFL Season 1 for Tekken 7. And, of course, the big name up at the top, he's back at it again, Arslan Ash taking home the 15,000 Smackaroos, winning the grand finals against a wise honey, another Pakistani, 10,000 Smackaroos. Pakistan is still... Ridiculous at Tekken, it looks like. Took a couple, took like a year and a half off, but they're still really good, huh? Look at all that. And worthy of note, if you guys check on the bottom left there, Arzalan Ash lost only one set all weekend. It was one versus uh, one to two versus Kuiper in the group stage. So, and for a total of twenty-seven to six games, that's kind of crazy. Arzalan Ash went into the ti- hyperbolic time chamber, and he came out even crazier than when he went in. So. We're all in danger. Coming up third, name we haven't seen on top threes in a while, JDCR. And the top four, Saint. I remember seeing a double KO over the weekend from JDCR and Saint, reminding us that they kind of had the monopoly on Tekken when Tekken 7 first reached consoles and and became playable for all of us. So good to see those two back again. And there's Kuiper uh, tied for fifth with Fergus. Fergus back on the map. And then Daniel Mado and Kira Kira. Rounding out the top eight. And that was We Play UFL Season 7. Season 1, rather. Sorry. Season 1. We now have all of our champions. As we can see, the Walk of Champions. We have Sonic Fox, Mortal Kombat 11. We have Woes, taking it for Soul Calibur 6. And Arslan Ash, rounding out the 
end of UFL season one. Sharpie, did you catch any of UFL season one? You know, unfortunately, I didn't. And that's not, uh, I feel like, due to any far fault of the tournament or anything, unfortunately, going on. I'm just working on a lot of products right now, so my free time is so incredibly limited. <laughs> yeah. I unfortunately don't have time to watch tournaments as much. You and I both. Week. You and I both. However, <laughs> I did get to see a little bit of it here and there. And I got to say, it's been a while since we've seen a well-produced high stakes type of tournament happen and while this was an invitational not necessarily an open bracket tournament it still kind of felt like you know it felt like watching watching fighting games on the weekend again you know Mm -hmm. so i was super happy to see it the production quality was great uh as you know we were looking at the this picture here you could see the set that they had was really cool um so and and it's cool to see that games like Mortal Kombat 11, Soul Calibur, and Tekken were getting the spotlight. Uh, you know that actually looks CGI. Does it really? Yeah. Hmm. Look at the text. There's only one way to fix this. Zoom and enhance. So like <laughs> the thing, I, well, Twitter, Twitter, Twitter in general is really bad quality. But the reason I said it was because it actually doesn't look like the shadows on the ground are necessarily reflecting off of each other with the reflective surfaces that are there. Hmm. So, like, I see the What's grate, the... but it's just like it all looks really, really flat to me. The grate, hmm. the construction material, and the backs of the the backs of those stands. So was this tournament Blue just a lie? CGI. Yeah, no, I don't think it was a lie. I just think that this specific scene is green screen. That's all. It's just this specific part of the tournament. Sharpie. So like they had the, they obviously had the casters in person, right? Sharpie, did you did just uncover a conspiracy in the FGC? No, I'm just I'm just a production kid. Like I I run tournaments and I would do something like that on like if I was running a Skullgirls tournament and I wanted it to look super nice right now and no one could do it in person, I would make a green screen literal uh literal backdrop. I would edit banners of the ca- of the players, update their game and everything exactly like they did. If I had the budget, I would do that. Like that's what it looks but that's what it looks like to me. I'm sure it didn't look like that obviously to everybody watching cuz someone grabbed a screenshot. It was like, yo, isn't this nice? Did UFL like, <laughs> even happen? Or was it all CGI? No, UFL definitely, definitely happened. Am I happening? It's not flat. But I do think I, I do think that like um, a lot of this would have been possible even without as big a budget as everyone talking about. But it has been a while since we've seen events at this caliber, I will say. And I don't know if that's just due to, like, I want to say quarantine fatigue because I know that they're really talented online tournament organizers like a big one that comes to mind is ryan price otherwise known as bg callisto otherwise known as the sausage king on youtube like he's he runs fantastic tournaments and he works very very hard to make sure that small games like undernight like blaz blue like Skullgirls, all of these games get a lot of attention in general when like offline events won't always run them but it's also kind of weird because if i know if he ran his own online tournament it would look better than if not rival like some of the production at things like evo 
Like, <laughs> and I know that for a fact, and no one would be able to tell at all that it was done all online. No one would be able to tell that mm -hmm. at all. So it's like when I see events like this, and I'm like, wow, this probably cost three times the cost that it needed to be, but I'm glad everyone got paid type of thing, you know? Yep. That's just, I agree. That's what I see when I see these events now, but that's only because I literally work with so many people that, like, make it possible for these contracts and events to happen. It's just... Um, I wish that they had been giving opportunity before quarantine. It kind of sucks that we had to go through all this quarantine stuff to get to a point where now organizations are like, okay, now we can do this all online, you know? Yep. Agreed. Um, sorry for sorry for vamping. No, it's <laughs> fine. Um, I'm just having an existential crisis wondering if I'm CGI or not. It's scary. You are. You very much so are. It's okay. You know what? Actually, why don't we go ahead and just real quick. Um, can I feel love? Hello, command center. Can we boot up Elon 2.0 real quick? Just, we're in the middle of something. Wait, why? What? Nothing, Elon. You good. Continue. So anyway, uh, we had, along with the ending of UFL, we also had a couple of other crazy announcements this week uh, that I think we need to get to before we get to other stuff. Uh, Sharpie, you did some investigations and you reached out, you, you went into the trenches to find this out. But on Thursday of last week, it was announced that Climax of Night is making a comeback. Well, it wasn't announced, I guess it was teased. So Sharpie, do you want to go into some deets about what this means and what we're looking forward to? Of course, Elon, do we have the tweet? Um, on yes. Thursday of last week, there was actually a Twitter statement that came out on Climax of Night's official Twitter. For those of you who do not know, Climax of Night is an Atlanta fighting game tournament hosted by the Atlanta uh, Melty Blood Undernight uh, community. And they exclusively tweeted out this picture saying, how do we use at smash.gg again? And it's a picture of uh, their screen cap of the tournament saying Climax of Night type dash four bracket arising uh, coming November 2021, and the most imperative thing in all of this is they give you an actual address of a hotel. Now, I actually went and I used my super secret Illuminati connections to go ahead and speak to Shinobi, the head event tournament organizer of Climax of Night, and we were able to receive an official statement of him after pulling all of his fingernails. The statement is as follows. We're excited about making sure that French bed players always have a home. Climax of Night tries to cater to all players, but prides itself at showing the highest level of competitive play that we can offer. The entire staff of Climax, uh, of Climax is working really hard to bring the event to life while keeping it as safe as possible for all event goers. We're, bracket, working on it. TM. So... What uh, I did ask for additional clarification on, for those of you who don't understand what that statement basically means, it is them actually confirming that they are going to have an offline tournament November of this year for Melty Blood, Undernight, and uh, Dekigami. Or uh, I think I'm mispronouncing that game. I apologize. One second. I have the notes here. Dingeki. Dingeki. 
So uh, they, he was able to confirm that. He said his staff is working super hard to bring it back. And uh, he did confirm that it is actually going to be offline. And with this, this is actually our very, I believe, the very first offline tournament announced for this year. I don't remember if CEO announced that they were doing, if CEO Taku announced that they're doing an offline event. Do you happen to remember, Elon? Uh, I don't think there's anything official announced, but I think it yeah. was mentioned. But, this is uh, the very first official announced tournament of the year, then. Uh, there something. has not been any additional offline events committed to a date or a location or anything like that as of yet. Uh, I'm seeing confirmation in chat right now from Blue, the one of the uh, tournament organizers in the FGC. He states, Jabaley said he wants to do in December, but no confirmation, unfortunately, as of right now. So yeah, this is actually the very first offline event to announce it. And, and just super shout outs to Climax of Night for being super amazing as always. One of the big things, one of the big reasons why I'm such a big fan of this event, why it was so awesome that I got to cover it was because Ben uh, originally started this tournament specifically because Melty Blood wasn't getting enough offline play at a events it wasn't getting stream time so this event more than anything else has been fighting to survive throughout the quarantine them being the very first to announce an official date as well as an official location that people can actually register for is absolutely astonishing and honestly just completely a game changer when you look at all these other events right now that are still not 100% able to commit to a time and place. This is a really, really, really big first step and probably the first step in seeing uh, offline start to return. It's really, really great to see. Uh, I, I'm hoping that they smash pre-registration numbers out of the water, which is what I'm assuming they will be doing. Uh, but when I also asked Ben uh, in the event that people wanted to support the event, knowing that they are out here trying to provide for the community, how could they help? And I was actually given a link to their shop, which I'm now going to post inside of the chat. Uh, but if you go to shop.spreadshirt.com slash climax dash of dash night dash arising, then you will actually be able to support them by purchasing their merchandising. And all of that goes to help pay for the staff of Climax, as well as pay for the reservation fees of the hotel. Um, please buy a shirt is what I was asked to state. Um, <laughs> and uh, with that, I'm actually really, really excited to be able to pre-register for this event. Um, I don't personally play Undernight super competitively, but I do play Melty Blood and I have dipped my feet inside of Undernight. So I, I am very excited to finally be able to return back to offline play in a super safe environment with around my friends again. And this is going to be a very, very quick pre-registration for me as soon as that link comes live. Back to Elon. Heck yeah. I'm, you know, again, I've been saying this for a while. I'm excited for tournaments to come back. And uh, we had Blue in the chat mentioned that uh, Type Lumina, which is the new Melty Blood that's coming out, uh, is not going to be a main mm. game, but there will be an exhibition. Oh, so wow. So we have that to wow. look forward to. Fun stuff. Um, but, you know, uh, I haven't played Undernight in a hot minute. Maybe I should get back to it. I had a pretty decent Eddie in it. Pretty decent Eddie. I don't have words. I don't have I don't have words for you, bro. That's all. I don't have words for you. Ask ask It's not Hilda, so I don't okay, care. So you say hey, Eddie is is not a character in the game. Oh. oh now you I ask me. you were talking about Guilty Gear for a second. Oh no, Undernight. So Eddie? No, I mean Eddie Gordo. Eddie Gordo. Eddie Gordo. See the joke there? I'm back in the show, baby. Uh I'm so sorry <laughs> to all of our viewers. And listeners. I did have a decent Gordo, though. 
Oh, man. Oh, hey, Shinobi's here, too. What's up, Shinobi? Congratulations on the uh, big tease. Looking forward to fun stuff, sir. I'm gonna uh, get. I'm gonna get probably a DM later, being like Sharpie. I told you all that information and in, in confidence, and you went ahead and used it as an official <laughs> quote. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, I do want to stress that like helping out events like this, especially events that oh, yeah. that didn't necessarily uh, have. You know, there was no guarantee that any event was going to make it out of quarantine, but mm -hmm. especially events like this, events that have been like 100% community driven, uh, all of their money is exclusively coming from the community that they're trying to host from. Events like that really do need help coming back. And it's incredibly important that if you love any of the games we talked about before, that you do actually go ahead and pre-register for Climax of Night. Go check them out at Night's Climax on Twitter um, and even more to follow on their Discord, of course. Yep, and go pick up a shirt. I'm going to pick up myself a hoodie because I've been eating a hoodie. Bracket, buy a shirt and bracket. Uh, yes. <laughs> All right. Exciting stuff. Finally, it feels like we're on the way out of the dark tunnel that was this pandemic. By the way, completely not fighting game related. I got my second dose of the Moderna vaccine on Saturday. So that was fun. Oh, I thought you were going to say of the illegal substance that you're trafficking to and from Cuba for me. No, no, that's that's coming later. Okay, my we, bad. we might have to have a conversation about that offline, but um Okay, sorry, 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 sorry. sorry. Keep that one on the That's awesome side. though. You know, everybody getting vaccinated is important to us returning back to our daily events and as always, here at Bestify, we do recommend that as soon as you are able to, you go ahead and get vaccinated. Yep. And it was so funny because the lady who did the injection was so good at it that for, like, my entire drive home, I was convinced I didn't get the vaccine because I didn't feel it go into my arm at all. And then a couple hours later, my arm started getting sore, and I'm like, all right, I got the vaccine. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's because you're only CGI, Elon, and we're working on that. Wait, what? It's a callback. Oh. We did it. The earlier one, you said you were CGI. Because what's real? What's I got real? activated okay. just you know recently. What? I don't know. You know what's crazy and definitely not CGI is the Skullgirls Championship Series. Yes. Which we started talking about last week. Now, Elon, if you want to go ahead and give us the quick lowdown on what we covered yesterday, we can build upon that. Well, yesterday we didn't cover anything, but we were here last week. I meant last <laughs> week. Yeah. I do the same thing. I'm so smart. I'm pointing it out because I. All right. Here, anyway, here we go. This is what we covered last week. Uh, we have the initial details for the Skullgirls Championship Series. So the SCS, SGCS. I don't know how we're doing mm -hmm. the acronym. Uh, the council is going to have to get back to us on that one. SGCS uh, is correct. SGCS. Okay. Thank you, council. Uh, <laughs> uh, so they're going to have three blockbuster tournaments. These are going to be basically the majors. Uh, one in the spring, one in the summer, and one in the fall. It's going to have a 2,500 smackaroo prize pool for each. Qualify, uh, for each blockbuster. Uh, there's going to be a spring qualifier from April 16th to 17th, which is this coming weekend. Everybody get ready. Uh, uh, the spring blockbuster is going to be April 24th. And then the summer and fall blockbusters are to, still to be announced. Uh, they have multiple minor tournaments throughout the year where top three results count towards player standings. We still don't have any information on those. And we have a 16-player finals with 10,000 smackaroos on the line. That's really exciting. That's a huge number. 
and the top eight from point standing plus eight finishers from last chance qualifiers. That's incredible. I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to all this. Uh, and unfortunately, Sharpie, you weren't able to hang out with us last week when we were covering this. But you, being the voice of Skullgirls uh, on this show, and I think for <laughs> a lot more than just this show. I want to get your thoughts. What do you think about Skullgirls finally getting an official championship series and the amount of money that's going into it? Uh, are you excited? What are, what's going through your, your mind? So back in 2016, I actually ran the Skullgirls tour, which was the very first official community circuit pro tournament for Skullgirls. So, I mean, this is just part two with more money. That's. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to say here. It's it's great. Okay, look, uh, official answer. It's look, it's great. It's great that uh, that this is happening again at a point in time when Skullgirls is going through a quote unquote revival. Um, a lot of people didn't think that Skullgirls was going to still be around. I suppose like uh, 11, 12 years later, and yet here we are. Fantastic and living, sweetheart. 21 yet again, baby. Yes. You may have thought we died, but we did not. Yes. Um, anyway, in all seriousness, it's really great to see that, uh, you know, outside companies still recognize that Skullgirls is a very large IP with a very active community base uh, of both mobile and console, as well as PC gamers. And uh, we are a community that loves to support our game across the board. Uh, I want to shout out Hidden Variable. Of course, because the real reason why Skullgirls is going through a lot of this revival and why we're able to come out with all these new characters and these tours and everything is because the mobile company, Hidden Variable, worked very, very hard to raise enough money um, and promised us that if they were successful, we would get Annie. And that's what happened. So it's really nice to see that type of... Um, mutual relationship come from mobile gaming and the console gaming world but uh even more importantly i think it's really nice to see hidden variable kind of uh take the realms and start promoting uh fighting games even though they're working on a mobile game because that's really been helping the Skullgirls community a lot is a lot of the sacrifices that Hidden Variable has made to make sure that Skullgirls Second like Encore is still very successful and very active, even so far as basically creating this tour and in coordination with, I believe, I think it was like, I don't remember who is working on it. And unfortunately I'm under NDA, so I can't delve too much into the specifics, but uh, shout outs to the community running that officially because that really, really helps our community um, more forward than anything. And I am, I do wanna state I am commentating uh, the spring finals. Uh, I'm sorry, not the spring finals, the thing this weekend on the 16th. No, the qualifier? The so definitely check it out. Yeah, I'm, I'm commentating the qualifier, so definitely check it out. I'm really excited. It's uh, going to be the very first time I've commentated Skullgirls since um, since I started playing again, actually. So it's it's going to be really, really nice. Uh, last year, I was excited to commentate Skullgirls at EVO and Skullgirls at EVO Japan. Um, that didn't happen, so I'm really excited to get an opportunity to commentate the game um, during the second coming of the Pro Tour. Nice. I feel I like Skullgirls. I feel like Skullgirls is kind of like uh, the FGC Cinderella story, right? Because it existed and it That's was always not kind true. of true. Guilty Gear is right there, bro. Well, true, but with with Skullgirls, here's what I mean. 
with Skullgirls, mm -hmm. it existed and it al always had like its very loyal fan base. Very, like where they all like all the FGC and Skullgirls almost didn't mesh too much in the very beginning, right? Because I remember going to tournaments and seeing like the Skullgirls corner and like nobody would be going in and out from there to other games. It just felt like it was a very mutually, or not mutually, but it was just felt like it was a very, like, exclusive thing, not th by the fault of their own. And slowly but surely, it's been getting so much steam and then having the all the drama that happened with the person who was, uh, who was one of the faces of it and now it coming back again. It just feels like it's a very good story of both uh, passion and perseverance. So... Yeah. But, you know, we have to wait until every other independent fighting game gets their yep. documentary before we get to see that Cinderella story. So Yep, very true. Very true. <laughs> it's just, it's always really funny to me because it, it only feels like what ends up happening is people remember that Skullgirls is around not when we're at our highest, but when we're at our lowest. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Because yep. all of the stuff that happened last year with everything was the very first time that me one of the people who was considered like a community leader in face of Skullgirls was asked to do a lot of things mm -hmm. by a lot of people, not just like appear on this show, but talk to a lot of people about a lot of things was that that was when everyone realized it when everyone was like, Ooh, can't believe that happened with Skullgirls. Let's get Sharpie, you know? Yep. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of crazy to, to see everyone like really, really happy that good things are happening to us because it's like, it's nice to see, good things happen for all the people that continued staying in the community even when mm -hmm. even when things got rough yeah and not even that but even like the big blow that the evil cancellation last year was too so not only was it the big drama but then all the stuff that was out of everybody's control well i don't know if out of everybody's control is the right term but the stuff that we couldn't was outside necessarily of the change. community outside of the yeah. Skullgirls community in general yeah yes. that was that was a huge there were a lot of companies that after evo was canceled a lot of the projects that happened with Skullgirls ended up unfortunately not happening just because yeah. because evo wasn't happening anymore it was no longer considered viable so it was like unfortunate yep. <laughs> Yeah, and it's it and like really you said, unfortunate. people hit me up too. They were like, "Sharpie, if you want to run a tournament, we'll promote that." I was like, "Bro, like, I just I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> like, I am tired. I, me, the person, she's tired right now, and like, y'all just are putting me through the ringer, and I need to breathe." <laughs> Sharpie needs a nap time. One hundred percent. That's that's how I've been justifying not doing work or saying no to things. Like, I need a nap. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I just down tell the line. people that like literally, you know, they play grapplers so that I don't even know how they got the number. That's what I usually tell people. <laughs> it's a good strat. I'm gonna remember that one. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so exciting Skullgirls official tournament. Big money. Points. Good things. Hooray! Let's move on. Sharpie. One other thing we wanted yes. to get your thoughts on. Uh, last week, we talked about Shanty being out. Have you gotten a chance to play? What are your thoughts on the Shanty? Since you're the oh, Fighting Herds expert. Oh, my God. 
I'm so glad that you asked me. Okay, I just want to say, Shanti is probably the most fair, most balanced character I've ever played in my entire life, and in no way, shape, or form needs to be nerfed. And I actually just want to thank Main6 for coming out with a very balanced character that, if anything, needs buffs. You know, honestly, it's just, it's really nice to see super honest um, gameplay in a world where so many people play grapplers, you know? I like how people on the chat were already calling that you were going to go on an anti-grappler rant. <laughs> whoa! 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 <laughs> no. No, but in all seriousness, Shanty's actually really fun. It, she, she is pretty balanced. There are a couple of things that I think are very dangerous inside of the games right now uh she has a weird wall bounce mechanic that kind of ignores a lot of the juggling decay and it gets to be problematic if played at a high level but to be very honest with you i don't think anyone's been able to like necessarily quote unquote break it yet so there's some there's some really cool things that she can do in addition to like ignoring like like i said wall bouncing otg very basic fundamental fighting game mechanics inside of the game. I think she's very balanced. I do. As of right now, do I think this character is balanced? Yes. Do I think she has the ability to be broken? Yes. But, like, that's almost every single character before they're played at a super high niche level. There are a lot of interactions to be figured out. And as of right now, I haven't personally been able to break her, so super grats to that main six. I've been doing nothing but playing that game, like, after Shanty came out. I spent, like, maybe the first three days exclusively playing while I was working. Sorry to my job. Please don't fire me my job. Because um, I know y'all listen to the podcast. Please do not fire me. I promise I was working while I was playing. <laughs> me too. Um, yeah, <laughs> me too. Anyway, uh, play them's Fighting Herds. The game's great. I really enjoyed it. And Elon, if you haven't played the game, I would love to play some them's Fighting Herds with you. Maybe after we both, you know, register for Climax of Night. Maybe. Maybe my Eddie Gordeau needs to make a comeback. Uh, but, I, man, I, you know, I do, I really do want to play Them's Fighting Herds, but I have such a hard time getting past the subject matter, and that's just a personal thing. Oh, my God. Maybe you I just need to suck else, it up and bro. just play it and have fun. It's really annoying because it's like, to me, a lot of the problem stems from exclusively the subject and art matter with, with people who play games that would really like it and i feel mm -hmm. like street fighter players specifically would love them fighting herds i really 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 do because street fighter 5 right now seems to me like a more watered down versions of them fighting herds honestly like everyone's always been like you know sharpie just plays Skullgirl. sharpie just does this but it's like i can understand other fighting games sometimes and like the neutral inside of them fighting herds i feel is very rewarding the problem is obviously the combo system i know street fighter players like hate long ass combos i get that but the neutral inside of them fighting herds is very rewarding at a higher level and i actually like it a lot i i'm a big fan of games that super reward really good neutral by death i love that inside of a video game and that's why i play Skullgirls. that's why i play them's fighting herds even though you have like four or five interactions before you die and them's fighting herds it still feels just as good but i like like i know some people just hate combos i get it blue even said some people just hate long combos in general i know it's just it's frustrating to me someone who started playing video games and 
where I like specifically started loving longer combos inside of video games, not just fighting games and all video games. It's kind of weird to come to a video game space and then hear people say, yeah, well, I hate long combos. And it's like, that's the point of video games. The video game is to do the longest combo and win the game. Like, that's the whole point. Touch of deaths are cool because it's like you won the game. That's why it's cool is you just won. Like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I come from a different universe of video game players, but that's what I was always taught when I was a kid. It's like, hey, you know, you press the right number of buttons and you win the game. Like, go off. Yeah, well, I think but, I just yeah, think, I it's, I think it's funny that that's become a complaint when... Yeah. The the transition from Street Fighter 4 to Street Fighter 5 that was the biggest complaint. Was Street Fighter 5 combos aren't fun. You couldn't do any not, combos. Yeah. 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 And so. I'm just like I'm like are you guys joking? Like now this is too many combos. Like I thought you guys wanted this. This is what you guys wanted in Ultra, right? The combos? I don't understand. <laughs> so Anywho. Uh Maybe I'll buy them's fighting herds and just suck it up and have fun yeah you know if you go to play tfh.sharpypls.com you can actually pick it up right now on humble bundle because if you pick it up officially through the humble bundle store instead of the steam store you actually directly help the developers and they get a larger cut thereby supporting the community and coming out with even more dlc play tfh.sharpypls.com again we're gonna have to start asking for cuts of that zero dollars uh all right we talked about Chanty. We talked about Skullgirls. We talked about Climax Night. We talked about UFL. There's more exciting announcements that happen, uh, including one that we never saw coming. Want to watch this trailer? Ooh, a trailer. There we go. Oh, it's Ryu. Power Rangers Battle for the Grid. Oh, it's Chun-Li. She's coming in, too. Oh, my God. Okay, that actually looks really cool though but um no in all seriousness that actually did look really cool um i actually liked how ryu moved in that game and this is gonna sound really kind of rude and i apologize in advance to, to the street fighter community but ryu looked more fun in power rangers than he does in street fighter 5 to me mm -hmm. um yeah i I'm don't sorry. disagree <laughs> no i don't disagree but um but yeah so Ryu and Chun-Li mm -hmm. have now entered the world of crossovers. They went to Fortnite. Then from Fortnite, now they wound up in Power Rangers. I wonder where they're going next. But with all that said, Power Skull Rangers Girls. Battle for the Grid is one of those games that I very much regret not having played yet. I say I'm going to mm -hmm. play it, and then I always drop the ball. Uh, but a lot of people, sorry for punching my microphone. A lot of people have been saying that this Ryu kind of looks like, uh, Tatsunoko versus Capcom Ryu. So. Hmm. You know what it is? It's the mask. Yep. Because the Megazord is totally different. Mm -hmm. And, uh, cross Capcom, so. Yep. So, Ryu and Chun-Li, battle for the grid. They did it. They, they became Power Rangers. I wonder, are, are they, are they going to turn into... Um, herds to get into them fighting herds who knows the, the sky is the limit anymore but yeah, I really wish I played fighting for the grid cause, or battle for the grid sorry because that game does look really really cool <laughs> one of these days um, it'll happen Black Yoshi 
plays Battle for the Grid, and he's been trying to get me to play that game, saying that it's like his Skullgirls. Mm-hmm. And I am still not 100% sold on the game, even though it looks very good, because there are certain things as I have the game that just don't have answers yet. <laughs> and so every single time I try to pick it up, I'm like, oh, okay, this is really cool. So you can just freeze someone and that negates an entire attack. And he's like, yeah. It's like, okay, so what happens if you do it on an Oki setup? Like after they're coming out of recovery, like, and you just go ahead, you know, immediately to, um, to just smack them. And he's like, yeah, nothing. That's, 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 that's how it works. And I was like, are you joking? Like, that's, that's it? He's like, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm gonna get some DMs later talking about how like literally that's fixed and if that's fixed I'll come back to the game same day real talk I, I have my hitbox literally upstairs and I will play that game but in, as long as that ice ranger still has that disgusting ice setup I'm not about it <laughs> it's always ice why is it always ice because ice is OP Elon True. What are you gonna do? What do you, uh, how long? How long does recovery feel when you're not iced, bro? Uh, that's that's how not an answer I have. How long does feel when you're not iced? That's not an answer I have. I wish I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe maybe this is the wake up call for us to finally pick up Battle for the Grid and start playing it. I don't know. Oh yeah, I hear it's only like twelve ninety nine right now. Yep, thanks to Lord Dorkface. <laughs> that that is a really funny name. <laughs> Uh. Oh, that's right. a good one. We have one final announcement, and this is our weekly update on who's joining the King of Fighters tournament. So let's take mm-hmm. a gander, shall we? Oh, it's my. Who could have expected that, huh? I did not think she was going to make it in. This is a complete shock. Uh, I can't wait to see who's coming out tomorrow. I mean, she they- looks like my. Yeah, <laughs> and it's one of those Academia. things where it's one of those things where it's like I just want to play the game. I'm tired of seeing the characters. Cool, but uh, judging by how Honestly, big KOF rosters are, I feel like we're just gonna be here for like the next year or so, just every Wednesday. Just... Honestly, I don't hate all the character reveals. I really don't because here's the thing: if there was, a, if I had been able leading up to Skullgirls, every single update, if they, even though I know who the characters is, if they did like a character showcase where they went over the moves and how it's going to look inside of the game for all the characters, it would still get me excited, you know? I completely understand what you're saying here, oversaturated trailers, because we've had to cover these trailers every single week since when? January, right? It's been mm-hmm. it's been about four months now? I think so. Something like that. It's been, it's been, a, it's been a period of time. So, like, I get it. But I also feel like, wow, one, this development team has been doing amazing jobs rendering every single one of these fighting game characters, because that's mm-hmm. not an easy thing. Yep. Two, all of these characters look so beautiful in the actual game. Imagine getting personalized gameplay of the character that you're going to play. Mm-hmm. Yes, we knew Andy was going to be... Uh, yes, I'm sorry. Blah, 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 wow. <laughs> Andy. Yes, we knew Mai was going to be inside of the game. You know what I mean? Everyone knew it. Did we know what she was going to look like? Also, yes. But isn't it great to actually physically see how she's going to look inside of the game doing these moves? Super yes. You know, like it's really it's really easy to complain. I feel we keep getting all this free content, but it's also like 
man, she looked good, and I'm reminded yet again I should play KOF. I really, 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 really should. Uh, Grinning Oni is saying SNK is being super smart about how they're handling this buildup to the release, in my honest opinion, and I incredibly agree with that. I really, really do. If I were, uh, if I were on SNK's marketing squad, I'd be giving myself a pay raise and then some because I got to tell you, this is selling me very heavy very very heavy on kof to the point that like i'm i i did look up the pre-order <laughs> didn't actually do it but i got i i got closer than i've ever been to pre-ordering kof on release because i was going to pre pre-order kof 14 and like last minute i looked at some of the renders and i was like eh. but now i'm looking at the characters and i'm like what this game looks great every single character looks great the interactions look amazing they're being very very honest with the characters visions and how they've been this entire time i it's hard to be like i don't want to play this game it would only have to be mechanics at that point and i don't dislike kof's mechanics enough to not play it you know mm-hmm. Let me say one thing, and it's going to sound like I'm backpedaling. That's because I am. Uh, Don't mistake my lack of patience for lack of appreciation. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm a person, like, especially, like, within these past years, uh, these past few years, I've just grown so impatient over everything that I'm seeing Mm -hmm. trailers, and it's just like, I just want to try it. I just want to play it. (laughs) Just Uh, give me the controller. Just give me it. Uh, but no. Uh, but for sure, like, this is such a huge step up from uh, what we were getting from KOF 14. This is... We love to bring it up. That ass-slapping trailer for that mobile game. And, yeah. Mm, yeah. Not even yeah. the same thing anymore. Can't believe it was the yeah. same characters. Uh, so, big steps up. Big cool things. Can't wait for KOF 15 to try it out again. Uh, and get to play some. I had a uh, my KOF. Did you did you have a KOF fourteen team or did you not play? I messed around in mm-hmm. KOF fourteen, but I didn't have like an official official team. You know, I ran. Uh, who was it? I think it was my King Vice. Okay, I'm trying to remember who my team was. Mui Mui. Mai and Mian, mm. just because they all started. Mian it was, was like, the little like the little Dezu Kawaii girl, right? With like the crazy candy. She everywhere. had Rekas. That's why I played her. <laughs> and uh, and then there was the mask lady who I think was uh, Mian. And then my and I only picked it because saying the team name was so much fun. It was Mui Mui Mian Mai. I had a blast. That's fun. Uh, I I I like the idea of kof it's hard for me because i play like team fighters you know and like as soon as i was like man i need something besides schoolgirls, everyone was like kof's gonna be great and i played it and i was like this isn't a like team team fighter is it and mm-hmm. they're like yeah and i'm like mm. <laughs> 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 mm. you know mm. man if only marvel uh, infinite was still around <laughs> you know I actually really like Marvel. You know, actually, that does actually bring something that I would like to kind of talk about. Go for it, because that was the last thing we had to discuss, so... I know, I know, I know. Uh, Elon, you remember earlier last year when we heard, like, rumblings about Project L 
and I, I must have said it now several hundred times on this podcast, but I really don't feel comfortable talking about Project L before we get any actual gameplay and before we actually get to play the game. And I've mm-hmm. said this because of what happened with uh, MVCI when it mm-hmm. first came out. You remember how like the first look at everything just destroyed that game, which yep. I still argue is a very good game. Mm-hmm. I still think MVCI is a, a very good game. Yeah, it. There are a lot of people who still play it, and it's very unfortunate that it got killed so early, I feel, pre-released, you know? So the thing I wanted to talk about is let's use KOF 15 and Project L here as an example, but do you feel like KOF 15 is doing their hype and doing their marketing right, you know? As opposed to like, so here Project L is, right? They're not in alpha yet. We've seen, we, we last month heard rumblings about you know, content creators uh, getting an opportunity to possibly pay- test it in the Los Angeles area where Riot Studios is and everything, but we haven't heard anything other than that, right? So I guess my question is, do you think that it's better to be completely quiet until you have something 100% that's going to look at like the end end game, or do you think it's better to be transparent the entire time? <sighs> Those are two different philosophies with their with each their uh, pros and cons, right? They are. I do want to bring up something because Efren's in the chat remembering about the Marvel bars. And I am so happy that you guys played the Marvel bars on the yearly anniversary of the Marvel bars incident while I was not here. Because holy crap, that was awful. So there's a, there's a very good example of marketing that doesn't make sense we had those marvel bars both of them tasted like ass made me not want to play mvci even though i like the game just because of how bad they were but to your point mvc let's keep talking about mvci since we're talking about mvci is a (laughs) great view into why you don't show in development stuff right because MVCI was in development, they didn't have everything finished, it didn't look very polished. Granted, the you know there was the issue when the game came out, it still didn't look very polished. But they were showing in development stuff, and people were not happy with the way the game looked, and that unfortunately kind of created the crack in the foundation that caused it to collapse, right? Mm-hmm. On the other hand, take a look at Guilty Gear. They're showing every step of the development. They're being very transparent. Granted, they have the basic foundation down, right? The game looks beautiful. The game plays great. Uh, just a couple of things about it are off. So, I guess it just depends. I guess it just depends on what you want out of the game, right? Like, what's like what's the voice of the game, right? Because for something like Marvel versus Capcom, it's a very visually uh, fantastic game, right? Because you have beams going everywhere and you have characters that you immediately recognize flying all over the place and there's a lot happening you could argue that for any fighting game though like i feel like that argument isn't entirely fair about it being a visual game because every fighting game is a very visual game the very first thing any fighting game player will tell you that they love about their game is the way it looks i I think i i it's I'm sorry. Sorry. Please. I just I just wanted to clarify. I think what I meant is uh visually busy, right? Like cuz with Mar- ah, okay. something like Marvel vs. Capcom gotcha. Infinite, there's a lot gotcha. going on. Something like you know, something like Street Fighter, it's just mm-hmm. two people 
moving around or something like Skullgirls, totally it's everything yeah, is yeah, just yeah. like in that one little space what and there's a lot going on in that little space uh but yeah, and something like guilty gear it's unlike marvel versus capcom where with marvel versus capcom there's a lot ha like everything every part of the screen is something that can happen at any moment mm -hmm. with something like guilty gear it's everything is just focused down into one very tiny section of the screen at a time. And there's a lot happening there. But it's not the whole it's not the whole plethora of the screen, right? So it's a different type of busy. Thank you, Blue. So I think it just straight up depends on what game you're trying to make and what you have to mm. present. Right? And I think the other part of it too of why Marvel vs. Capcom didn't like, the marketing for it before the game came out caused so much damage is because Capcom wasn't entirely transparent with what they were showing, right? With Guilty Gear, they're like, hey, this is what the game looks like right now. We're still working on it. There's still more to come. Here's what we're working on. Here's what we're aiming for. With Capcom, they were like, here's a, here's a demo. Enjoy. See you next month, right? Yeah. So I guess it depends on what kind of voice you're trying to show. Or what you're trying to portray, and it also depends on how you do it. But I think both, like the Project L thing, it's like, we know it's coming. We don't know what it looks like, but hey, when it comes out, we might have something absolutely amazing in our hands, right? And maybe right now it looks like something they don't want to present. So I'm really, I'm really hoping that we don't necessarily get, like, I like riots games you know what i mean i may not always be okay with some of the practices that riot does with their employees but i like their games i like league i like runeterra i like uh what's it called um team fight tactics yeah there we go uh i like their games so i'm excited for the fighting game but i'm also like i'm really hoping that they do the whole transparency in their patch notes and with the development of the game like they have for League of Legends and for Runeterra, you know, because every single step. Oh, oh Valorant is also. Thank you. Thank you, Blue. Yes, Valorant. I haven't played Valorant as much because I'm not an FPS player, but yeah, Valorant is a good game. I could talk about um, Valorant. I've always <laughs> I've always felt that it's one of those things where riot has a pretty good standard when it comes to being a certain amount of transparent with their audience i'm just concerned because i know the fighting game community kind of isn't used to transparency at a large scale in big fighting games right like the Skullgirls community is very used to it um i want to say the them's fighting herds community the ki community is all very used to it but there's also some a, a type of entitlement that you get in communities like that that starts to hurt the publisher and the community at large and the developers, right? And it makes the developers not want to be transparent anymore. So my concern is that, like, by being transparent after the game starts to come out and by telling us stuff, they open themselves up to the type of, like, harassment that you see like, you know, with KI and with people being super mad that something's not fair or something like that, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
It's like it's like a semi big fear that I have when it comes to the game, and I I don't know if it's one hundred percent founded because Riot is such a big company, and I know that like uh, when they bought what's it called uh, Rising Thunder when they created. Mm-hmm. Project L, I know they're going to have, like, you know, thick skin and not really care at all about it, but it still kind of concerns me because just seeing what people are doing now with Guilty Gear and everything and being like, oh, you know, even before the game comes out, like, I'm going to get a copy of it because I'm this influencer or so on and so forth, and then immediately proceeding to be like, by the way, this is broken and needs to be fixed right now. Like, on social media, without talking to developers, I'm just like, okay, well, you know, maybe we don't do that. Maybe we don't, like, incite mobs, you know, type of thing, mm-hmm. in order to, before, like, everyone gets an opportunity to play the game. But it's also kind of weird to me because I'm like, but that's good for the ecosystem, right? It is. But, like, my whole thing is, I'm just saying, who is going... Well, more importantly, how is Riot going to know that Darius as a grappler is a bad character? You know? If, like, the grappler mains on Twitter get an opportunity to play and then they're like, Darius needs to be buffed, you know? So let me ask this: mm-hmm. Does do Riot games like League of Legends, Legends of Ruterra, and Valorant? I play Valorant, so I should know this, but I don't. Do they have a public test realm where they're testing stuff out? Yeah, yeah, they have PBT, uh, PTB. Okay, that they have test builds. Is my point? Uh, dang it! So never mind. But uh, with that yeah. said, yeah, uh, it's it's one of those things where I. It's funny because I think this is something that I brought up just in conversation back when Street Fighter 4 Ultra was coming out. Where where does the buck like where does it stop where top players and influencers get more say than, you know, the common player uh, in the game, right? Yeah. Like the common player like myself doesn't necessarily have a bigger voice like an influencer or like a top player. But I still enjoy playing the game. So if I have a top player that's like, oh, this move is broken and it needs to be fixed because it doesn't work in the way that I want it to, it's like, well, what about the little guy over here? Huh? What about the yeah. fat little guy? Huh? What about me, dang it? As someone who's, like, considered a quote-unquote influencer, you know, uh, like, I joke a lot about nerfs and buffs very frequently, but I feel like a lot of people know that I'm joking, and I try to make it very obvious that I'm joking when I do joke about it. But one of the things I refuse to do is, like, I refuse to ultimately go when I have an actual conversation with the developer and be like, hey, this change needs to happen. Because as someone who doesn't play the game at, like, the highest top tier, I understand, hey, my experience isn't going to reflect everyone. Here's how I felt playing it, though. Here's what I noticed. I don't think this should be nerfed or buffed, but here's a problem that I fell into. And I feel like very frequently people who are in public eyes have issues stating that to their audience or to their public or something Mm -hmm. like that. Like I've seen, I I know Blue is saying in chat, I feel people think about this when it comes to Max, Sajam, Sharpie, Ultra Tensho, and so forth. Yes. And, And something that I have actually heard Maximilian say before is that he doesn't always feel comfortable telling people what nerfs and what should what buffs should be changed inside of a game. And when I heard that, it made sense to me because I was like, yeah, you know, we're content creators. We're not professional players. So it's like if you're trying to get us here to understand your game and to like make changes to your game, we're not always the best people to do that. But in the same breath, 
when it comes to like professional players sometimes they be out of pocket saying things to not change things for common players you know what i mean and i feel like all of that comes back to we as players have a really big responsibility especially as players that have platforms online of really dissecting the fighting game that we're playing and being like why is this not okay why do i like this why did that interaction happen we have to ask those questions even if my content is just haha funny time yo you didn't block that type thing it ultimately comes back to sharpie understands that people are going to play grapplers regardless even if i personally hate them i'm not going to go out of my way to tell the developer by the way grapplers should never be inside of this game i don't do that as much as i joke about doing that i don't actually do that because i understand that that character archetype needs to be inside of fighting games because of you know i'm blanking on why grapplers are needed but i'm sure that they are you know like by someone i don't know yeah i think all all i think it comes down to is we live in an age where and i'm sure we're tired of hearing people say sentences like that so i apologize for falling into the (laughs) trap that i just did but we live in a time where Game developers are trying to please a consumer, but they're also trying to please influencers and top players, right? Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, that's marketing. That's free marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not always free. Sometimes they right. pay us. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but like, if if they can get an influencer on their side to talk about the game and have fun with the game, that's you know more purchases from the people that watch those influencers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think there needs to be a balance between trying to please the people who play and being confident in what you're making and not just caving mm-hmm. to other people wanting what they want in the game, right? Because at the end of the day... 100%. Yeah, because at the end of the day, I think the people who do this best are is uh, the Tekken crew, Harada and Michael Murray, because they're very confident mm-hmm. in what they're putting out. They know what they want for the game, and they know what's best. Do they, t- do they take opinions... From people absolutely but it doesn't ultimately like completely cause them to back off of what they wanted to do in the first place right because they're not trying to uh be at the whim of the people who have big voices in our community but they're confident yeah, in what they're making and they know said, what they're doing. Don't, don't ask, ask me, me for sh- yeah on my end sorry about that the, that edit by the way steve sorry about that it was good because we said it at the same time, so I think it'll be all right. The exact same time. It was very nice. <laughs> so I think that's just that's just my personal fear. On video games in general, mm-hmm. not just fighting games, it's that yeah. people aren't confident enough in what they have, and they try to they try too hard to please big, the bigger voices without thinking of everybody else. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry for that rant. No, that's awesome. That was actually the, the conversation I wanted to provoke from that early expansive kind of you know open question um and now i have a follow-up uh on the topic of general gaming even though this is the fighting game podcast uh we did hear rumblings about e3 officially announcing that they are coming back this year mm-hmm. notably there was no sony pre-reserving a spot at the conference uh there have been some rumors going about that since sony has purchased evo they no longer need E3 to market their games. Thoughts on that, Elon? Hmm. So I know Sony announced a long, long time ago that they weren't doing E3 stuff anymore. They uh, did. Nintendo also said that, but Nintendo's back on the E3 wagon. So Nintendo loves free press, and they are the newest of all the big publishers there. That so. is true. Uh, 
But with that said, no, it's actually, like... actually, that's Ubisoft. I'm sorry. Yeah. Ubisoft is newer. Yeah. No, I just remember Nintendo saying they weren't going to do it because the Nintendo Direct stuff have been so positive, mm-hmm. right? But yeah. they're going to do a big announcement at E3. Maybe they just missed it because it didn't happen last year. I don't know. Uh, I think there's good things about E3 and there's bad things about E3. And in the last couple of years, I think the bad things have been outweighing the good, right? Because it just turned into mm. a giant... Sorry, Steve. I don't know if we can leave this in, but I'm just going to leave a little bit of a space here and there so you can edit it out. E3 has just kind of been feeling like a giant circle jerk of the gaming industry where, you know, like it's a place where everybody goes and it's like uh, the video gamer version of like the Oscars where like everybody goes, they announce big things. Everybody just goes there for that. And then that's it. Right. And instead of it being about the consumer, it's about press, it's about media, and it's about exactly what I was talking about. It's about the uh, the people who influence everybody else, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but I think it was getting a little out of hand, right? And that's the second time that that's happened, where it started turning into a public event, and they backed it off and just said, media personalities only, get out of here, normal people. You don't get to be excited about stuff unless you're reading it through an IGN article. Uh so and it was starting to trend back to public again so who knows where it's at now after the break but i think e3 even though i say i have this disdain for e3 i like watching press conferences where they're like look at this game look at this game look at this game you like this game dark souls it's because we it's because we grew up with that you know it's like it's like i i hate it as much as anybody else you know, I just want the gameplay, like you said before. But they throw a really cute little trailer up there for, like, some old game that I haven't played in forever. And my nostalgia, mm-hmm. like, kicks in. And it's like I'm at 3,000% nostalgia and 1% disdain. And that disdain just has to hold it for a yep. little bit. And you look, know? And, and if, I'm a sucker for it. And if it wasn't for E3, we wouldn't have gotten the miracle that is Bug Snacks. That Bug Snacks reveal... I still have the song loaded up one of these days. I'm going to play it one of these days. We're going to replace Night Trap with it for, like, a month. You know, it's taking a really long time for Elon 2.0 to boot up, and I can only assume this is a factory malfunction at this point. Bug Snacks is the greatest game that's ever been made. <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, that's crazy that this Elon is just a simulation. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah. in all seriousness, yeah, I also agree with you. Sony did obviously state a couple of years back that they weren't going to participate in E3 anymore. Uh, it was back in 2019 that they stated this after the kind of def- whole uh, issue with E3 2019 having the lowest viewed numbers there. They stated that they were probably not going to come back to E3. You know and who is coming back, though? Happened. You know who is coming back? I'm sorry for interrupting you, but somebody that is coming back is Blue is returning for 30 months. Thank you, Blue. Uh, he says, I need to stream Bug Snacks. Joke's on you. I did stream Bug Snacks. You missed it. Thank you, Blue, for the resub. Super appreciate you, bruv. I'm sorry for interrupting you. That was very rude. Please 
go on. No, you're fine. You're totally fine. Uh, I also want to thank Blue, obviously, for subscribing. And on that topic, thank you to everyone who has been supporting us throughout these very, very tremulous times. We're trying our hardest to bring you some consistent fighting game content. And thank you so much, as always, for listening. I do want to highly recommend that you do give us a like if you're listening to us on Spotify. Give us a follow if you're watching us on Twitch. And give us a subscribe if you're watching the VODs on YouTube. It does help us out. We're trying to stay consistent for y'all. All right. Um, Elon, it's been a pleasure talking to you today. Smash that like button. Smash Smash it. It. Uh, do you think we we have we have 13 minutes. Do you think oh with the purchase of Evo, Sony's purchase of Evo. And it we we do have to remember it's a partnership between Sony and that other company whose name I currently don't remember. RTS. RTS, thank you. Do you think Evo is going to turn into the Capcom Cup at PlayStation Experience? If PlayStation Experience ever comes back. You know, it's hard it's hard for me to say yes, even though I feel like it would be very easy for it to, you know? Um, it's hard for me to say yes, because like I stated before, in the last time that we covered the news about the Sony acquisition, um, I believe that both Tony and Tom Cannon wouldn't have given up their vision of Evo unless they believed that the community would, it, would be the same for it. So it's really hard for me to see uh, the event change from being about competitive fighting games to exclusively being about showcasing uh, Sony stuff, you know? Uh, but in the same breath, I can understand from a marketing point of view that being very, very smart by Sony to do because tech would be so easily and positively received at a competitive gaming event. Now, here's why I bring that up, too, and, and to your mm -hmm. point. Let's look at the history of Sony PlayStation experiences. We had the first, I think we had three, and then they stopped. Uh, we had one Capcom Cup event at one of them, and then I think the year after, they were no longer at Sony PlayStation experience, and then the year after that, mm -hmm. no more PlayStation experience. They decided to do away with PlayStation experience. I think it was 2018. Why did they do that? It's a big Sony celebration. What happened? Were they not selling enough tickets? Were they not making that money back? What's going on? With something like Evo, where those events can nest themselves in each other, where it's not necessarily one event taking precedence over the other, but for example, let's say that, that uh, the ballroom inside the Mandalay Bay, half of it is Evo, half of it is the Sony experience, still get the big finals on Sunday, not affected, the event happens just within that PlayStation experience capsule. I think it's a great thing for, it's a great way for Sony to justify having something like a PlayStation experience when you have that guaranteed number of, like I remember what, like last Evo I went there were what, like 2,000 entrants in Street Fighter V, like 1,000 plus entrants in Tekken. Doing away with the fact that they have crossover, that's 3,000 people right there. I don't know what the PlayStation what experience I, numbers what were. What I do know is more important than those 3,000 people mm -hmm. is the 39-month strength that Ace King Offsuit has subscribed at Tier 1 for. Thank you so much. Still Steve. not the longest. 
for his own show. Not Still in not any way, longest. shape, or form. <laughs> he's trying. He's trying. He's trying to get up there. Yeah, but um, yeah, but to Steve's point, also, uh, Evo, he says Evil isn't big enough to take that mantle for Sony. Uh, but Capcom was, Capcom Cup was. Uh, but he says it's esports only. So we've seen PlayStation starting to do a lot of uh, a lot of tournaments. They're streaming. They were streaming a Mortal Kombat 11 tournament earlier today. Is this their way of kind of cornering the esports market? Going to be the first like big developer to be like Sony esports. Right. Who knows? The real question should be whether or not we're going to get that Twisted Metal tournament now. I want Twisted Metal back. <laughs> Thought you wanted bug snacks, my guy. What happened I to bug snacks? I have bug snacks. I actually dug this out just the other day. Twisted Metal Black, baby. It had oh the online. My oh my god, it did have the online. That was actually the very first Twisted Metal game I ever played. I had two, I think, as a kid. Anyway, uh, people are saying... we got some breaking news, breaking news, breaking news, everybody. We have Uh a brand new Them's Fighting Herds update live in the mix. Main 6 dev team has officially tweeted, introducing the Stampede Tournament Circuit, an online international event series for Them's Fighting Herds. Five months and four official events with additional community events will culminate in August with the final finale Grand Stampede. Registration is open. It's from April April to July 2021 for the qualifiers and the final is in August 2021 everyone I apologize we do not have a graphic this was literally yes we do at 819 oh we got a graphic because we're official honey there you go there's a tweet <laughs> so April very, through July 2021 nice. qualifiers and in August 2021 the final grand stampede so there you go two minutes ago Everybody, breaking news. Uh, now, oh. see, this is a big deal because it looks like the people behind it are actually the fighting fanatics who are some of the tournament organizers behind some of the biggest Them's Fighting Herds tournaments inside of the scene. So super congratulations to them. It looks like Main6 is actually supporting the event as well and promoting it as well, which is really, really nice to see. Yeah, big thanks to Blue for bringing that up in our chat. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Um, well, we got a big announcement right at the end. Big surprise announcement. Uh, big main six. You know, we were just talking about them's fighting herds. So there you go. Now, them's fighting herds is them's fighting circuits. Them's fighting tournaments. Uh, anyway, I think we have reached the end of our rope for this episode. And by rope, I mean we've run out of things to talk about. Not necessarily sanity. Are we going to get DMCA'd for this? <laughs> are, you, are we going to get DMCA'd for me singing my way in Spanish? Oh, I, I don't know. I, didn't, I don't know what I was listening to. Anyway, let's go ahead. <laughs> let's go ahead and end the show. I'm sorry. It was beautiful. I'm sorry. Anywho, for this week... This has been best of five. <laughs> Sorry for cutting it so short and abruptly. Uh, thank you for joining us, everybody in the chat. I appreciate you all. Thank you, everybody that sub resub today. Thank you, everybody that followed. And if you're watching the VOD of this, thank you. Now hit that follow button. Hit that notification gang sign or whatever it is influencers say. I don't know. Every real podcaster has a sign-off phase. Good night, Canada.
I've been Elon. That's Sharpie. Bye.